Welcome to the Adventure Continues continuation of last week's podcast. And the topic is all about emotions and how controlling your emotions will control your income. Yes. And income is anything good, by the way. Love, mm-hmm. friendship, anything positive that you want to come in. That's the income we're talking about, not just money. Oh, yeah, baby. But by the way, it will result in money as well. It will result in growth in all areas of your life. Just success in every dynamic of life, every aspect of life. 100%. And that's our whole purpose for the podcast in general. And for this episode and last week's was all about how do we get you to control your emotions instead of your emotions controlling you? How are emotions a tool and not a tool that uses you. Because I see so many relationships, friendships that are almost the victim of emotions that take over, that cause upset, and you feel like you don't want to feel that emotion, but you do. Or even in a happy situation, you're emotional when you want to be not so upset. You want to be happy, and you can't be. So emotions get in the way, while they can also be amazing, of course. But a lot of times they cause destruction, and we want them to be a tool that creates construction. Yes, I like that. It's a tool. Yes. I like that. That's the key word. And also, like you said, control is a good thing because like if you're not in control of a weapon, that ends in a bad result. Or if you're not in control of an animal, it can go off wild and attack someone or whatever. So sometimes control has a bad connotation. Yeah, right connotation. Yeah. Connotation. But it actually is a good thing because it's a way to have the expected result. Exactly. And with emotions, we want you to be in control so you can get the expected result. So let's just define control, first of all. Yeah. Control is start, change, stop. Being able to start something, change it, and stop it. Yeah, and that's a deep subject. There's so much that can be talked about. Yeah, but it's actually a concept that, a very similar take on a concept that came from the Veda, which is one of the most ancient philosophic philosophical philosophical (laughs) writings of India. Yes. So if you can't start your emotions, change the emotion when needed, and stop an emotion, you're not in control of your emotions. Exactly. Just like if you can't start a thought, change the thought, or stop the thought, you're not in control of your thoughts. Like, some people have this thought that lingers in their head, and they just can't get rid of it. Or they have something that's been upsetting them, and they just want to stop thinking about it. You need to have this ability in general of starting the car, changing the car, stopping the car. You control the car. But if you drink, you can't really start the car well, change the car well, or stop the car well. And that's all examples of how you need to be able to control. When you're emotional, most of the time, you are unable to stop it. Mm -hmm. You're unable to change it. And sometimes you can't even start a good emotion. So we want to bring you back in control, as we said, and control equals income. Love it. Love it. So how can you spot someone else's emotion? This is very important to spot someone else's and your own. Yeah, because if you can spot someone else's emotion, you can not only help them to come up if they're not in a good space, Mm -hmm. but you can also learn about them and how they're going to behave towards you. You know, as we said, there are those people that are covertly hostile, right? Those backstabbers. Mm -hmm. If you don't know how to spot it, you're going to find yourself later in a dangerous problematic situation. Yeah, you won't be able to control the situation. Exactly. And you won't have the income of a good result. So how do you spot it? A lot of times it's very obvious. Like it's not hard to miss an angry person. It's not (laughs) hard to miss a cheerful person. But sometimes there's certain nuances that even them, you want to find those telltale signs. Like an angry person specializes in stopping and an angry person always lies. You need to know that whatever an angry person says, 
they're lying to you. An example would be an angry person says, oh, you're always like this. Really? Always? Is that really the truth? You're always like that? Or your mom, when you get in a fight with her, you're like, oh, I hate you. You're the worst mom ever. It's like, you don't really feel that way. Maybe in the moment it seems to you true, but it's a lie. And that's because of your anger. Or somebody fearful, you'll see they'll move their eyes back and forth a lot. Or different things like that that kind of give it away. So there's a lot of the obvious ones. But the main tool that you can use, this is good for job interviews, meeting a friend, whatever the case may be, is how long does it take for a person to answer your question? Mm. The exact question you asked, giving you the answer to that. And we'll explain what we mean. Yeah, when I first learned this concept, I think I even told the story in another podcast, but I could not believe it. Your dad gave an example of, he's like, you'll ask, you'll you'll tell someone, hi. Mm Mm-hmm. And you'll walk past them and be like, oh, good morning, hi. And they won't respond. You'll grab your coffee, come back, walk past them, and they'll be like, hey. Mm -hmm. And it took that much of a delay. And it shows where they are emotionally. And I was like, no way. No way does that happen. Until one time, we we throw stuff off our balcony. It's a long story. We throw (laughs) stuff off our balcony in a nutshell. That's like old clothes or stuff like that. Because we have homeless people that, I mean, we live in a busy city, center of the city. But like, they'll come and grab the clothes and whatever it's just occasionally like, they walk past the road near where we live so yeah. it's not like we live around like in a homeless space but you get the idea that there's people in the city that'll come and pick up things off the ground if they see it right yeah it goes directly to the source that we're trying <laughs> yeah. to get it directly to our the goodwill is like oh i have an old pair of socks so we put it on a ball throw it over the balcony it'll and get taken <laughs> half a second it's taken <laughs> so anyway we do this quite often yeah so there was this one time where I threw something off the balcony and there was a homeless person and it fell in front of them, probably five to 10 feet in front of them. Yeah. Quite a bit. Right. And I saw them look, see it. And I was waiting for them to like, look up because it felt like whack in front of them. Whack. And usually they look up like, where the heck did it come from? Yeah. He didn't budge. And I was like, wow, that's wild. Okay, cool. And I'm watching him, watching him. He walks right past it, a good five feet. And then he looks up and he yells, like who threw that? Or whatever. And I'm like, That was the biggest delay ever. Crazy. No way. This is what your dad was talking about. I thought it was so wild. Yeah. Unbelievable. Something happened until there was any life form within him that registered what was going on. Mm -hmm. That was the delay. And so it shows in what a bad condition that person is, right? Yeah. But that's like... Very low. Yeah, yeah, very low. But I want to say that's an extreme case because... Very. Most of the time, you ask something, Mm -hmm. someone will respond, but robotically. They don't actually answer your question. Exactly. You ask them, for example, hey, what was the result that you got in your last business? And they say, well, you know, oh, you know, results. I'm all about results. Uh, Results for me make a huge, huge difference, and I always strive to get great results. Wonderful. Okay, they gave me an answer right away. Was it an answer to my question? What was the results you had in your last business? No. Meaning, there's still a delay between my question and the answer to that question. Yeah, and that is a cool way to see where they are. Yeah. Really, where they are. And by the way, when you find where they are, it doesn't mean don't hire them. It doesn't mean what anything major, besides knowing where they are on the scale. And now you're actually able to help them come up. You'll see somebody who's really good, really sharp, really upbeat. You ask them a question, they give you an answer. They're ready. They answer you right away. And you go, wow, this guy's sharp. That's somebody who's aware, who's switched on. And that's overall probably going to make a better friend, a better hire. And so it's just a tool to use. Mm -hmm. Which is one of the things we really wanted to touch on in this podcast. Part two is how can you help yourself 
come up once you spot it? Or how do you help someone else come up once you spot them? Exactly. And you'll see that when you spot somebody else, a lot of times it'll be super obvious. As I said, an angry person, you can see they're angry. What you do, one of the easy ways to do it is actually to match how they are angry. If you see an angry taxi driver and he's like, oh, you know, screw all the people on the road. The government is bad. And you say, you know what? Yeah, they are. I can't stand the government either. And you actually get angry with him. But you control your emotions. You see the difference. You're not affected them. You control your emotions. And now because he has an angry person to talk to, two angry people love to talk. So now mm-hmm. he's talking to you, finally. Two people on the same emotional yes, band the same always want to... Totally want to yeah. talk. Yeah, mm-hmm. like two happy people love talking. Yeah. But a happy person and a sad person don't really get along Mm -hmm. so you want to bring a sad person up or an angry person up match it so that there's actually someone for them to talk to yeah you're controlling that emotion and what you do once you've matched their emotion bring it up ever so slightly tiny because if it's too much it will be like a break yeah they'll be like what that's happening here this angry guy just got cheerful in like two (laughs) sentences so you have this angry guy you say yes i'm really a guy agree but you know what sometimes every once in a while I get a glimmer of hope with this new guy they just put in office. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, yeah, the new guy looks good. He looks good, right? But, you know, you say, it's one of those things that there's not really much we can actually do in the country. I'm almost over trying. Now he gets with you, almost a little bit bored, a little bit, ah, I can't do much, right? So he says, you know what? I also always tell my wife, it's not worth trying. And you slowly bring him up, up, up. And then you say to him, you know... The one thing I do love is when I see that some kids still play in the streets like when we were young. And he goes, yeah, that's one thing that I also see in this neighborhood especially. And somehow you find things that he can agree to on a slow step-by-step process. You bring them up, up, up. Now, you don't have to do this with a taxi driver. Do this with the woman who makes your coffee in the morning. Do this with the woman that checks you out or the guy that checks you out. Uh, not check you out like that. I'm, I'm all for them checking you out. Like that. But, you know, you're in the grocery store at the checkout line. Talk to them for a sec. Bring them up. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be they're at anger and then now they're at total excitement exactly but at least like i said in the first podcast is leave them in a better condition than you found them in. yes so even if that's bringing them up a half mm-hmm. a full motion whatever the case may be and gal went over the basics in yeah. the first podcast and we can even write in the description a thing that you guys can look at yes or like we said you can go on google and look up emotional tone scale mm-hmm. they have it there i remember at one point gal gave me like it was like the size of a business card yeah. and i kept it in my wallet because i just thought it was fun to like pinpoint someone and be like okay cool. yeah, she had the whole scale on the size of a business card it was yeah. super cool really really the cool. whole topic is by a philosopher named l ron hubbard as i said so credit to him but really powerful information and as you start to use this you'll see you can bring people up even by a little bit you help make the world a better place you really do and it's those small changes just those half of things that ripple effect you know Mm -hmm. bring that person from anger to boredom just think how many people that's going to affect if they are a coffee barista exactly you know so you really do make a difference with these things that's why it's so important to be able to spot it and improve these people's condition yeah and the other thing i want to add quick is that a lot of times people's instincts is 
you know, they see somebody who's sad and they think the way to bring them up is to then be happy with that sad person. Mm-hmm. But it's not actually the way you do it. You have to match it so that they actually feel that there's someone to communicate to. Mm-hmm. You see somebody that's bored at a party and you think you need to go and be like, come on, man, let's go dance. No, the guy's bored right now. He's not talking to you being happy. Let's go dance. You need to come and be like, man, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bored. How, what are you doing? As an example, right? Just mm-hmm. something. You'll find what's appropriate in the situation. And that will establish the communication line on which you can help them. Yeah, and that's why it's important for you to be in control of your emotions so you can go up and down. Mm -hmm. And I think that's some question that someone asked was, do you always have to be at the top? Yeah. And what you said is like an able person can go... Exactly. You'll find actually that the higher the person is on the tone scale, the more they can move and do move up and down the tone scale. You'll find somebody who's genuinely always happy can be very quick to anger, can be very quick to be enthusiastic. They move because they're flexible. Whereas somebody who's, let's say, really an angry person, you won't find them moving much. They'll just lie. Their whole life is angry. Yeah. So people do fluctuate for sure. And don't feel that because sometimes you're sad or because sometimes you're happy or because sometimes you're bored, it means it's something bad. No, you should be able to move as long as it's appropriate for the situation. If you're in a party and you're upset, angry, bored, it's like, that's not exactly appropriate. Mm -hmm. And that gives you an indication of, hold on, something to handle here. Why am I not in the correct emotion. Mm-hmm. And that's a topic when you're not in the right emotion called misemotion, which we'll talk about a little later. But first, I just wanted to add that with yourself, you can it's kind of tough to have the conversation with yourself of like I'm at this emotion and I need to bring <laughs> yeah. myself up a half. So yeah. a cool little thing to play with and I know this is kind of like I've heard of it many times throughout my life yeah. is if you smile even if it's fake, you'll start smiling. Yes. So to do that Yep. But another one, if you can't find yourself to smile, is to close cycles, mm-hmm. which is like cycles being like tasks, to-dos. And it kind of ties in with what we talked about in the first podcast, which was motion. The faster you move, the more you can go up the emotional scale. Right. Is you're essentially closing cycles when you're moving faster. Yeah. So if you find yourself in a funk, just write a to-do list, even if it's a simple one, and go through it and just start closing things that you need to do. You'll find that that really affects your mood and puts you more cause. Absolutely. And by the way, in case you don't know, when we say closing cycles, we talked about this start, change, stop concept. You'll find that in your life, you have many things that you started, many things you kind of started changing, but not many things that you also started changing and stopped. Mm-hmm. You started a project and you really wanted to finish it, but you never got around to it. Or you just opened the WhatsApp message thought about answering the guy, never answered them. Mm -hmm. Those are open cycles. They slow you down. There's a whole reason behind it. We have a whole podcast on it as well. But the whole idea here is when you close those things or go back on those things that are open, as Mariah said, you'll find that it actually improves your emotional condition. Mm -hmm. The podcast that we talked about, it was Let's Talk About Stress. It's amazing. I definitely recommend it. But just to give you a little idea, it's kind of like a computer. You have a bunch of windows open. And the more windows you have open, the slower the computer gets. Yeah. If you close all those windows, the computer gets faster. And it's the same with you. The more tasks you open, you get slower. And when you get slower, you notice that, like, you can't handle motion as much. You can't handle everyone else what they want to do. 
Mm-hmm. You can't handle going up and down the tone scale, emotional tone scale, as much as you'd like. Yeah. So if you want to handle that, close some tasks. Exactly. And it's amazing because you've got to be able to handle life's motion. The more motion, the more life. Kids have mm-hmm. lots of motion. And mm-hmm. then you'll find that when you're older, you want to just get home after work and open a beer and sit on the couch for the rest of the day. And that's about it for me. Yeah, and the you kids know? are running around and you're telling them to slow down because yeah. you don't want to handle the motion. I mean, exactly. Very low. Mm-hmm. Very low for a spiritual being who should be creating and doing amazing things. Mm-hmm. So also find, you'll find, I know it's some 25-year-olds that don't want to do too much. Mm-hmm. They want to live in a suburb because... The noise and the hustle and bustle of the city is just too much now. Yeah, and it's not because they just prefer the suburbs, or it's not just because they want to live on a farm. There are some people that that's their what they really like. They want a yeah. slow life in a farm, but it's because they want it, not because life got too much and now they're forcing themselves that they're not as young as they used to be and they're very effect victim of how life has led them to now I need to live in a slope, whatever. It's a different point of view. Mm-hmm. One, you're causing this to be your life because that's what you want and one is it's been a long life and a tough life and I'm ending up as a victim living in this, this you know, mm-hmm. lesser state. Mm-hmm. That's not what we want for you. We want you to be more extroverted, more doing more. And this is another question that somebody yeah. had. A very good question mm-hmm. from an amazing girl that if you're listening to this, Jessica, you know that you're incredible and your questions are so powerful. And you ask, hey, does this mean that everybody should be an extrovert? Does this mean that everybody, you know, there's different people. Everyone is different. Some are introverts, some are extroverts. What's the right thing? So I said, look, let's take it to the extreme. If the whole world was an introvert, would there be more life, more expansion, more growth and creation or less? And if everybody was an extrovert, what would happen? More creation, more expansion, more growth. Obviously, if you're more extroverted, you're more out there, you're more talking, you're more communicating, you're creating on life. So we're looking at the ideal here. Mm -hmm. And the ideal is more creation, more communication. Being an extrovert is more ideal. I have no problem of having tendencies that people like to label as introvert. Oh, at the end of the day, I like to just sit at home and be with myself a little. Yeah, there's times like that. Mm -hmm. When you want that, not when it's out of your control. Mm -hmm. And that's a big, big, big difference. It's a different, yeah. It's different from being like, oh, I need to have quiet time. I need to be alone with my thoughts versus, huh, it's been a while since I've sat and read a book. Like, I want to. I want to be. Exactly. There's a difference. It's a big difference. Well said. And that's why the other thing that you'll find is people will be in situations where they are just operating under some emotion that they also know is not them and it's not appropriate. Mm -hmm. Like you've had a really, really busy day and you find that when you get home, you're just in a bad mood and angry at your spouse. Like why? And you don't want that. You don't want to put that out in your spot. But it's this uncontrolled emotion that takes over. This is what we touched upon earlier. And that is called mis-emotion. Mis-emotion is an emotion that's not appropriate for the situation. Mm-hmm. And it's good to pick up on this so you can handle yourself and be like, okay, there's something here that isn't right. Mm-hmm. It isn't me. Or it, yeah, it isn't me. Yeah. And that's why this information that we're giving you, just by you knowing it, you'll be able to whoa, recognize it. And just by you knowing this, you'll find that you'll have this ability to better control it because you now know it and will bring about improved results. That's next time you have a bad mood in the back of your mind, even if at that moment you still are in the bad mood for the rest of the night, in the back of your mind, it will sit. Well, hold on a second. 
this isn't me. Mm-hmm. There's something I can do about it. Yeah, that is, it is cool because there are times where you get in a bad mood. Like it happens. We're not mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. And I'm in a bad mood and I'm like, all right, I know that at this emotional tone level, I'm going to communicate in a way that's not nice. It's not going to affect others well. Yeah. And until I get control of it, I just, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put that in other people's universe. Right. So just being aware of it has helped me spread less bad vibes. Wow. You know? Yeah. Because totally. one of the things that I, I notice a lot and I know the in- intention is good, mm-hmm. but it drives me nuts nonetheless, <laughs> is when you go on Facebook and people make these quotes yeah. that plays a victim or plays like it's like this super depressing quote of some sort and you see people reposting it because mm-hmm. it resonates with them. And they think because it resonates with them that it's right. Yeah. But it resonates with you when you're at that miss emotion. Mm -hmm. And when you're at that miss emotion, that's a lie. That's not the right. There's there's lies in there. Yeah. It's not the right emotion. So now you're basing data and giving out information that's just not true. And then you think because someone else has that emotion. Oh, they they validated. They say that's good that I had that. All are also victims. (laughs) Yeah. Means maybe it's okay that I'm a victim. Yeah. I can agree with them on this. And it spreads like wildfire. Yeah. And it's just bad vibes. It's very easy to be a victim. Very. What's not easy is to be cause over your life when there's so many invitations to be a victim. Life specializes in trying to make you the effect of it. Life specializes in trying to stop you. Everything you try to do, you need to know there's going to be a stop. And so just by knowing that one of the things that is going to try to stop you is emotions. Most people have emotions control them and it's a stop. They're in a bad mood. Uh, no, it's very interesting that you say it stops because there are people like we were talking about in the first podcast, how they'll mm-hmm. have like a social tone, mm-hmm. like emotional tone level. Yeah. And then, but they'll have like undertones of their real emotion. Yeah. And there's this, there are these quotes that go around that will make it seem like they're like, let's just say pro mom, let's say, okay? Mm-hmm. And they'll give you all these ways of how to communicate to a new mom. Mm-hmm. And they'll make it look like, oh, I'm doing moms a favor and this is how you can help people and whatever. But in reality, it's a bunch of things that it actually makes you want to stop communicating with moms because you don't know what to say. Check in on moms. They're alone. They're blah, blah, blah. And then you start checking in on moms and they'll be like, you have to understand that I'm a mom now and I can't schedule things as much. And it's like, but you want us to check in Mm -hmm. but then we check in and then you don't answer our calls and then you're like you should understand why I don't I wish I had like an exact quote so I could go through but it's interesting that they make it seem like they're helping you that they're giving you advice but in reality it's giving you all these considerations that makes you stop wanting to communicate it makes you feel like anything you do is wrong right or it also what I find a lot of times is it encourages people to do less or slow down. Yes. And that's another big one that you need to notice is this quote that's viral right now and everyone's resonating with and saying, <laughs> I needed to hear this. Is it bringing more life or less life? For example, there'll be a quote that's saying, like, it's not all your fault. It's okay to be whatever sometimes. And it's like, okay, hold on. M- maybe it isn't your fault, but that is misleading. It's saying, look, you are effect and it's okay to be effect. No, it's not okay to be effect. You are actually cause. You're responsible. You create your life is what the quote should say. And that's a more bitter pill and a harder task to take on than it's okay to be a victim. We've all been there. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's true that everyone's been a victim at times, but okay, what are you concentrating on? So there's a lot of these things that people put out and you are encouraged 
to be less cause and it's a lower emotional band that's easier to connect to. And we're saying, guys, 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 you need to control these emotions and take it to a higher band. One more example yeah. is I've seen like celebrities talk about depression and mental health. Yeah. And they'll come out and they'll say, I'm struggling with depression and mm-hmm. mental health. But then moments later, you'll see them give advice on how to handle depression and mental health. And my thoughts are, if you found the solution to it, then you wouldn't be struggling. You would have art. You would have struggled yes. with mental health. And they're yeah. saying it's an ongoing thing, which means they don't have the real reason mm-hmm. why, the, yeah. the real handling. But they're putting this out and they're communicating in this emotional tone level. They're communing in this depressed thing, putting out this information and other people are going to it and they're resonating with it because they're on the same tone level. And what do we say? People who are on the same tone level love to communicate and go on and on. Yeah. And they think it's right because someone else communicates. And because they resonate at that level, they continue to continue this thing of being depressed, let's say. It doesn't handle it. It just grows it Mm -hmm. and it brings it more and more and more down. Yeah, exactly. And what I wanted to kind of point out about this, okay? If you're depressed, people, you know, go down and occasionally are emotional and whatever. That's fine. It happens. You're depressed for an hour, a day, a week, a month, but then it should be handled. If there's a continuous depression, it means you don't have the solution. The law is that if you haven't handled the problem, that's not the problem. The problem is always before. Mm-hmm. So there's something before that they're not fully aware of. They're trying to handle their depression, but there's something before. Now, they're giving you solutions. They don't know what the real problem is. And people, as Mariah said, resonate with it and keep doing it. And it just grows the problem. What we do at my business, for example, and a very important law I learned, when somebody had a lower week, like they didn't sell as much that week, let's say last time they sold 10 units and this week they sold five, they don't talk. They said, oh, last week was 10, now it's 5, I'm down. That's it. No more talking, no more explanation. Why? Because when you don't have results, I don't need to learn from you about how to not have results. When you do have results, when you went from 10 and this week it was 15, talk a lot. I want to hear how you did it. I want to learn from you. Mm -hmm. So you want to listen and let people talk that bring results. Mm -hmm. And anyone that doesn't, they can be very quiet and not teach me how to do what they do. Yeah, and very... (laughs) easy way of telling is this person going to bring results is their emotional tone level yes if they're low toned 10 out of 10 they're not bringing results exactly they're not you don't want to learn from an angry person thank you so i don't want advice if you're depressed i'm sorry i don't want advice and i'm not and i don't want to give advice when i'm upset yeah that's the worst time to make a decision is when you're upset we even talk about Mm -hmm. this and break up podcasts Don't break up when you are upset. You need to get to a more sane place. Higher emotional condition and Mm -hmm. then make a decision. Handle the upset fully because it's easy to walk away in the middle of the upset. So that's the other thing. So many people say, oh, he can't be that happy all the time or he's too happy or whatever the case may be. There's no such thing as too happy. The person is happy. I want to listen to them. Thank mm-hmm. you, because they seem like the ones that I should be getting advice from. Yeah. So if you're depressed, don't go find another depressed person to learn from. Mm-hmm. And that's what most depressed people do. They go and find other depression groups. No, go <laughs> find somebody who has good results in life, who's happy, who's expanding. Talk to them. Find out from them how are they running their life. That's Absolutely. the key. It's a big difference. Totally. And now one of the keys as we near the end of the podcast, and this is a very gold-filled podcast, <laughs> is the topic of feelings. Some people say, yeah, but these are my feelings. Or, you know, I've always gone by my feelings. 
Feelings are a certain level of running your life, but there's a higher level, which I'll tell you in a sec. But the thing is this, when you have a feeling, it means that you are comparing something right now to something in the past. Oh, that guy with the slicked back hair, I get a bad feeling from him. <laughs> that, I feel like he's a player. Yeah, he's a player or he's sly. He's going to cheat me in business, whatever. That means that you are looking at that slicked back hair and it reminds you of something from your past of a person with slicked back hair who once cheated you in business. Mm -hmm. So you get a feeling. Where do you get the feeling from? You create your feelings. But most people have feelings that are fully from the past and the past is not the now and you can't make decisions about the now because of your feelings from the past. Do you see that? So that's a very, very big difference because your feelings are not the truth. Mm -hmm. And just to give you a little bit of a clearer understanding about what a, a lie is. Yeah, versus the truth, yes, versus exactly. Versus the truth. A lie is a change from the original. Mm -hmm. And it's always going to be a change from the original because how many times have you looked back on a memory and it's never fully, you don't fully remember every detail, the exact minute, the weather, the way that it happened. Like you don't yeah. remember all the details, so it's never going to be accurate. And how are you going to apply it to something that's happening now when now is a completely different situation? Exactly. When you're going off of your feelings or from your past, you are saying that the past you is smarter than the current you. Mm -hmm. And that can't be true. You are definitely smarter now than you were five minutes ago or five years ago. So it must be a change from the original. If I look at that slicked back hair guy, he changed from the guy from a year ago that cheated me in business. It's a different guy. Mm -hmm. So if I go off of that, it's a lie. It's a change. It's not really what is. The guy in front of me could be an amazing guy who's just an Italian stallion that has some slicked back hair. You never know. Mm -hmm. It's just different than what is. What is, so don't go by your feelings. What you want to go by is something much higher. You want to know. You want to get to a position that you don't have a feeling about it. You know. Mm -hmm. And when you know, no past is involved. You're not using your past at all. You're not using your experience at all. Nothing. When you know, it's in the present time. Yep. And I just want to say, I love your dad's analogy of how like using your past, using your experience, using stuff mm -hmm. like that affects. It's like being in a car. Yeah. As he says, looking in the rear view mirror. Yeah, only in the rear view. But driving forward. It's like you're using your past to drive forward. That's not going to happen. You might move forward, but it's not going to be in the direction you want. No matter how you think you're going straight. Mm -hmm. But instead, you're probably going to crash into something. You're going to have a bigger issue on your hands. Yeah, and you'll find that most people's life is a series of crashing. They crash into from one side to the other. They have problems at home. They have problems at work. They leave their job. They're not happy here. Their parents are all kinds of body issues. All kinds of things that is like, whoa. You're mm -hmm. crashing, man. Which means you're not in control of the car. Yeah. Which means, I just want to say, when we say you're not in control of your emotions, you can't get the expected result. Just like when you're driving a car. If you're not controlling the car, you're not going to get the car to go in the direction that you want. Yeah. You're not going to know. You're operating off the past. Knowing is just instant. And what you can do after this podcast, if you're now on your way to work or whatever the case may be, practice saying, to hell with my emotions. What I'm going to use right now is knowing. I'm just going to put the next second there and I'm going to decide what my emotion is. Yes. Right now, I want to be angry. Good. Do it. Be angry, really. Right now, I want to be bored. 
be bored. Right now, I want to be enthusiastic. I'm going to greet that person enthusiastically. Practice that muscle of you creating your emotion. And it doesn't mean that later today you might not feel upset by something and whatever. But you'll always know that you can go back to working that muscle. That's a good way to put it, is working the muscle. It is mm-hmm. practice. It is getting used to using your tools in a different way than yes. the tools have been using you. Exactly. Exactly. And with that in mind. So when you have that feeling, when you get an emotion that you didn't put there, it's an indicator. You're departing from knowingness. You're departing from knowing and putting things there and being cause. Yes. And you will see that your life from today really will be different. You can no longer hide behind the excuse of it's just my emotions. I just feel that way. Because now, sorry, guys, that we did this to you, but we, we had to break it to you that now the truth is you create your emotions, you put your feelings there, and it's something that is totally under your control. So don't allow yourself to buy the excuse that gets put out that the emotion is not under my control. It is. Yeah, it is a, like you said, bitter pill to swallow. It's a bit uncomfortable in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it might be uncomfortable here and there when you really hate that emotion. You don't want to admit that you're just not being in control of it, you know? But it's actually so beautiful to know that you really can create whatever you want. Yep. There really is like you get this feeling of like, God, I have I, I have the reins in my hand, hands again. Like yeah. life isn't doing me. I'm doing life now. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's this feeling of lightness once you kind of get over that discomfort. Yeah, it cuts out the whole thing of bad moods. How many times do I hear people say, I was in a bad mood, I'm not so moody, my boyfriend was moody today? All these things. It cuts out the whole thing of I didn't feel like it or I didn't get the job done because all those things are, no, no, you, like Mariah said, you have the reins. And that's a big, big way of taking on life. Yeah, and I have to say in our relationship, it's helped because there's times where I tell that like, I'm in a bad mood and sometimes I don't feel in yeah, control of it. And sure. I just tell him, I'm in a bad mood. Just let me be for a bit because yeah. I would maybe be in a bad mood in the past and then be like, let me find a reason why it's his fault why I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> but once we both know this information, there's no way I can blame him. He knows that it's on me and I know that it's on me. Yeah. So really sending this to your partner, your friend, your parents, like it gives you that more of a accountability, mm-hmm. which I like. Yeah, it's really a thing that Mariah would sometimes say to me, and it was the cutest thing ever. She'd be like, babe, I just feel like being angry right now. Let me be angry. Uh, give me a little bit. I want to I be angry right now. But okay, babe, we're like, I love you. And she'd like go and like read a book or whatever, you know. And like she would be angry. But, you know, it was... It's... But I'd also get myself out of it. Exactly. But it, that idea of you all of a sudden realize, whoa, I want to be angry versus mm-hmm. I'm angry from the, the yeah. gods that poured anger on me. Or there were, I just want to say, I'm not perfect. There are times where I'm like, fuck, I'm angry and I don't, I don't feel cause over of it. Course, and, of course. But I have to say my point of view is I need to get a handle on it. Mm-hmm. I can't let this emotion run too long. Yeah. And that's the difference is I spot it. I spot that I'm effect, but how can I be cause? Yeah. And I shift the gear and give me 30 minutes to an hour and I got it. Yeah. yeah. And essentially. And that's working that muscle, by the way. Yeah. And it's an ideal scenario would be you can fix it in a second. Yeah. But it takes time. It's working that muscle, like you said. Exactly. And one time, another little tip is I looked at this thing that if you have the same exact situation, okay, I have a problem I want to solve or something that I want to do. If I handled it from a very low emotional point of view, like grief or fear, or I was apathetic or angry about it, how good would my results be? Mm-hmm. Or I take that exact same thing and I handle it from being bored or a little bit cheerful. How good would my results be? Probably a bit better. 
Or I took that thing and I said, you know what? I'm enthusiastic. I'm taking it on. I'm interested. I'm, I'm going to make a game out gonna of it. I'm going to make a game out of it. Even if it's a tough situation, how good would my, would my results be? So, of course, as you're listening, you're saying, yeah, it's the higher you are, probably the better result. Easier said than done, I know. But just by you knowing that by being higher on the scale, you will bring about better results. Therefore, you will have better income on that subject. That will literally be the difference between your success and your failure on almost anything. Yeah. And you deserve to have a fun, happy life that's in games. Yeah. So, like, don't put yourself through those lower tones. Like, just don't, like, you need to realize, I deserve more than this. I deserve to have a fun life. Yeah. And it will help you because this world, as we said, likes to stop you. There's a challenges and barriers, and it's a world made of barriers. So you need to be able to overcome them, not them overcome you. Love that. So yeah. true. All right. So with that, we finish off our two-part emotions <laughs> podcast. The first time we did two parts, a huge subject. Yeah, really big. And I feel like there's obviously so much more, but yes. I don't know. I, I want to make sure like everyone's following. Yeah, exactly. So if you have questions, still feel free to send them in. Yeah, we can base a whole other podcast, I think, if we do a part, because we thought there might be a part three. Yeah, we did. But I think what's best is if you have questions, send them in. And we might do another topic, another two, three topics, but we'll come back to it and do a part three later on. Exactly. We always love your questions. And the more we can answer them, the better. And even if it's not on a podcast, we most of the time answer people on DMs a lot too. Mm-hmm. So with pleasure, be in communication with us. Don't be afraid. Be brave. Speak to us. Even if you disagreed, we want to hear from you. Yeah. It's really a pleasure. And if you found this valuable, share it. Because I think that the more people that get this point of view, even if it's something they don't agree with, just another point of view, let them hear it. Yeah. They'll understand you better. You'll understand them better. And like I said, it kind of holds you accountable over knowing your skills there's nothing better than when someone you care about is improving with you or using Mm -hmm. the same tools as you are totally yeah beautiful guys thank you so much for being our listeners we appreciate you so so much and the adventure continues